BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, it's finally here. One of the most satisfying, frustrating, and argument-inducing days of the year, the announcement by the National Toy Hall of Fame for which toys will make it this year and which toys will just have to wait a little bit longer. Every year from the thousands of potential candidates that could go into the Toy Hall of Fame, you have 12 finalists nominated. People get to vote, and then eventually they pick a small handful. In this case, three. So what were the candidates that didn't make it into the Toy Hall of Fame? Well, this year we have a relatively new board game by Toy Hall of Fame standards, the Settlers of Catan board game, one of the most popular of the so-called Euro games, board games made in the last 15 to 20 years. Things like Ticket to Ride and Carcassonne and Seven Wonders are all in this category. Kind of originally descended from the Risk concept of the 70s, a little bit more complicated adult-based board games that have cards and dice and strategy and very complicated rules. At the other end of the complexity spectrum, you have another game, Bingo, you may have heard of it, played by some people around the whole world in parlors with daubers and markers and magnets and all kinds of things. But yes, Bingo was actually put up for induction this time. Another game in the category, Phase 10, which if you don't know is somewhere in the Uno vicinity as far as card-based games go. And yet a fourth game was put in this year, Racco. It's a little bit lesser known, but it's kind of a math game based on percentages and trying to organize a group of cards from 1 to 50 in a rack that's in front of you. And then when you win, you say like Uno, you say Racco. Yes, I know Uno is something that you say before you win, but you get the point. And then in a completely different category, you have Pound Puppies. Yes, Pound Puppies. The adorable little substitute that parents in the 80s were glad to have instead of all of the challenges of getting an actual animal for a kid who's hungry for some companionship. Those lonely pound puppies really need to be rescued. Pound puppy, I'm so glad to find you. Put that lonely puppy pound behind you. And who could resist the cute little cuddly lure of the mutt that was coming from the pound theoretically as you adopted him like a cabbage patch kid, only an animal? Another candidate for this year's Hall of Fame induction was the Briar Horses, which are these very ornate sculpted horses that started to be made in the 1950s and, you might be surprised, are still available to this day for around $20 to $25 a piece. And then a toy that I don't think has ever had a commercial made for it, but it has been seen in so many events, commercials, movies, and you all know what I'm talking about, the piñata. Although, as a point of order, I wouldn't classify the piñata as a toy. It's a target of destruction. It's a rage therapy, right? It was the early version of the breakage room. And, of course, nobody really wants the piñata per se. What they want is the candy that's inside and maybe the joy of destroying it. But since I wouldn't classify it as anything other than a toy, it's not a book, it's not a tool, it's not a storage unit, it doesn't really have much function other than to be destroyed, and I guess that's the toy element of it. Another candidate for the Toy Hall of Fame this year, and I must be honest, this is one of my most despised toys that has ever been made because I could never really make it work. It always frustrated me, the Spirograph. 
I'm sorry, but I don't know what sadistic torture device developer was the one who invented the spirograph and then tried to persuade you that the mathematical beauty and precision of the multicolored pens and the intricacies of the nooks and crannies and the teeth on the little plastic gears. No, no, it never worked. Never, not a single time did I ever use a spirograph successfully. Maybe that says more about me than about anybody else, but there you go, that's just the truth of it. Now, so far, I want to tell you that all of these candidate toys did not make it into the Hall of Fame. And now we come to the last one, the one that I must call the bubble toy. This is surely the one that almost made it, and I cannot believe that it did not get into the Hall of Fame this year, Nerf Toys. Now, when you're talking about Nerf Toys, this is an entire universe full of things, any one of which could certainly be in the Hall of Fame all on its own, let alone the entire constellation. Nerf basketball, Nerf soccer ball, Nerf slingshot. And that's not even beginning to broach the subject of Nerf projectile weapons. Here, obviously, we have the Nerf dart gun in all of its hundreds of different forms, which in and of itself is an amazing toy. And yet in recent years, the Nerf dart gun has been replaced by something even better, what we never even dreamed could happen, the Nerf rival gun. And all I can tell you is this, if you haven't played with the Nerf rival with your kids, just do it. Just, just go buy several of them, buy a whole bunch of extra bullets. Just trust me on this. You can have urban warfare inside your house, nobody gets hurt, and everybody has a blast with the Nerf rival guns. So as I say, I am frustrated that Nerf didn't make the cut. So what were the three that actually got in? Well, one of them isn't all that surprising. By the power of Grayskull. That's right, He-Man action figures, including, of course, the He-Man Castle Grayskull. Grandman, He-Man, and Castle Grayskull, each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. They always told you that you had to put the castle together and that you had to buy everything separately. But, okay, sure, I understand that for the longest time you had G.I. Joe figures, large size, then Star Wars comes along and you have the small figures in order to allow scale rep replicas of things like the Millennium Falcon and the X-Wing to put them into, but then He-Man comes along and it takes the action figure idea to a whole nother level because they would battle each other and they would have these various weapons. And yes, Star Wars had that too, but the whole idea of Castle Grayskull and playing with your dad and, of course, always singing a jingle. He-Man, He-Man. Who didn't sing that when they were a kid? Okay, so that did make it into the Hall of Fame. And I can't begrudge that choice. That's fine. And the second toy that made it into the Hall of Fame this year? Yeah, I don't think you can dispute this one either. Oh, yes. Light bright. Genius. Children, one light bulb not included, a whole bunch of black paper with various little bubbles on it designed to tell you which poke to make with which color light bright piece. And then when you would finally put it all together and turn on the lights, you had art. I mean, maybe it wasn't the most beautiful picture of Bozo the Clown you'd ever seen, but it was cool and you built it and you could turn it on at night and it was entertaining-ish. And then when the time came, you could disassemble it and build a whole new piece and you could never build the old one again because you already poked all of the holes out and you didn't know what those colors were anymore, right? So yeah, you can't really quibble with Lightbright. And the final toy that made it into the Toy Hall of Fame this year, hold on to your hats, are you ready? The top. Yeah, the the top, the, the spinning thing that's got the little post on it that you fling and it rolls around and then it falls over. You know, maybe if you've seen Inception or a dreidel or, you know, been a human, you know what a top is. 
All cultures have them. There's all different kinds of various ones. And this is part of the point of the Toy Hall of Fame is that sometimes they have things in there that are so broad and wide-ranging that they're not even products, really, that anybody can claim credit for. And so the top did make it in. You can't argue that the top is a toy. You can't argue that the top has universal appeal. And you can't argue that the top has proved its worth over thousands of years. So do I think that Nerf products should be in the Hall of Fame before He-Man figures and before Lightbright? Yes. Do I think that He-Man figures and Lightbright and the top deserve to be also in the Hall of Fame? Okay, sure. Yeah, most definitely. And trust me when I say this, this is definitely a subject that you can argue with almost anyone about, and probably you'll still be friends afterwards. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.